Allah Ta'ala placed these on the eyes. So even in a situation where some interaction of some sort was necessary, that hijab doesn't stop at any point. So that hijab is still applicable. Let's say to the believing men to lower their gazes and separately Allah Ta'ala commands the woman, say to the believing woman, Then is the covering of the woman, which is a second level. So the woman is primarily required to be at home, at home, and the man would be outside doing what is necessary. So this has been now the requirement that the woman should remain within this parda, in this hijab, and if out of necessity she leaves the home, she will still maintain that. So this keeps that barrier between the non-mahrams, so that this does not lead to any kind of fitna. These laws of hijab are not anybody's invention, these are the commands of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala has commanded this in the Quran Sharif and in, it, in, it, in a way which can the eloquence of the Quran Sharif obviously and in a way that nobody can till Qiyamah ever try to wriggle out of this with some excuse that times have changed. Have changed. In fact, if the times have changed, the, the way the Quran Sharif presented it the only effect of that will be that then these laws should apply even more. Not that they should be, should be relaxed in any way. And that has happened, and that has happened, and that has happened that the times have changed. But the times change in the manner in which the Quran Sharif presented it, it demands that this must now be applied to an even greater level. In the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala addresses the purest of the Ummat, the band of the Sahaba Ikram, and Allah Ta'ala says to them, وَلَئِنْ سَأَلْتُمُوهُنَّ مَتَاعًا فَاسْأَلُوهُنَّ مِنْ وَرَاءِ حِجَابٍ That if you have to ask, the Ummahatul Mu'mineen, the world cannot produce, all the pious women of the world get together, they cannot produce one fraction of that level of purity and chastity, of the Ummahatul Mu'mineen. So Allah Ta'ala is saying to the Sahaba that if you have to out of necessity ask something from the Ummahatul Mu'mineen, فَاسْأَلُوهُنَّ مِنْ وَرَاءِ حِجَابٍ So they are the mothers of the Ummah, but nevertheless they are not your biological mothers, so you will still maintain that hijab. You will ask from behind the curtain. And one is that if this was left at this, at this point, somebody in the 20th century could have made some excuse for himself. Allah Ta'ala says, this is not for any other reason. This reason, this is for the reason that ذَلِكُمْ أَثْهَرُ لِقُلُوبِكُمْ وَقُلُوبِهِنْ This is purer for your hearts and their hearts. Now who is being spoken to? The purest of the ummah. Allah Ta'ala is saying this is purer for your hearts and their hearts. It's not necessary that there was any uh, fear of any fitna. That is why this command was given to them. This was a principle being placed for the Ummah Til Qiyamah. 
and the Sahaba were being used as the basis for praising this principle. Allah Ta'ala addresses Rasulullah and says, لَإِنْ أَشْرَكْتَ لَيَحْبَطَنَّ عَمَلُكَ That if you commit shirk, all your actions will be totally nullified. Now, can it ever be even entertained as a possibility for a fraction of a fraction of a second that there was some remote possibility of this, this, so Allah Ta'ala gave that command, Na'uzubillah. The Anbiya being sinless and Masoom and Nabi Salaam being the greatest of all the Anbiya there was a 0% chance and in fact that 0% can't describe the lack of any possibility of any minutest level of shirk ever occurring. But Allah Ta'ala is Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala is Ahkamul Hakimin. Allah Ta'ala can address His makhluk as He wishes. But Allah Ta'ala is addressing Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam for His followers till Qiyamat. But look, if I am talking to my Nabi like this, who is masum and sinless, and where there is not even the slightest iota and the fraction of that also of a chance of the shit taking place, so how alert you have, how alert you have, how alert you have to be where the chance can be. So likewise, just as Nabi Islam was addressed in this manner for the sake of for the sake of for the sake of the ummah, not because there was any slightest, minutest chance of any such thing happening in the life of Nabi Islam. Similarly, there was no fear of this fitna ever in the lives of the Sahaba and the Azwadi Mutaharat that in their interaction there would be some fitna. But for the Ummah till Qiyamat, Allah Ta'ala addressed them. Allah Ta'ala is saying, ذَلِكُمْ أَتْحَرُوا لِقُلُوبِكُمْ وَقُلُوبِهِمْ So now if the purest of the Ummah are addressed in this way, that this is purer for your hearts and their hearts, so, 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 20 uh, centuries later, or 14, or 14 centuries later, in the 20th century, when the level of haya has dropped, Allah knows best by how many levels since then, when there's such a, an environment of shamelessness in every direction, when the level of taqwa has come to the point where what their taqwa was, we can't even imagine that level and we can't compare even to a fraction to it. So now when this has become the condition, so times have changed. So if times have changed, then that which applied then now will apply, now will apply so many hundred times more. That what Allah Ta'ala said, Zalikum Atharulikulubikum Makulubihin, that this maintaining this distance now is so much more important for this purity. So the so the so these laws that Allah Ta'ala gave are not for the sake of some just... Well, by the way, this is for the protection of this banda of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala wants to, Ta'ala wants to keep, just as a child, the parent now takes so much of care to keep any harm away from the child. So, sometimes the child is made to wear certain kind of, for example, clothing because it's very cold, so that cold must not get to the child, so it's made to wear very warm clothing. Sometimes the child is in some other situation, so some extra precautions are taken. Sometimes it's a situation of where the child is going. No, no, you can't go there because this is a dangerous place. So the parents take care 
that no harm should come to the child, the parents do all this as a result of that compassion that Allah Ta'ala has placed in their hearts, which is a very minute extent of that compassion. The rahmat that Allah Ta'ala descended on earth for the sake of understanding Allah Ta'ala, Nabi Islam explains that from 100 parts of rahmat, Allah Ta'ala descended one portion on earth. From 100 parts, one portion was descended on earth and that one portion was distributed among the whole makhluk. So as a result of this one portion of rahmat that was descended on earth, every animal also that has mercy on its young, it's also part of this one portion of rahmat that was descended. And the other 99 portions of Allah Ta'ala, that too is merely to make us understand. That too is not a manner of quantifying something, Allah Ta'ala's Rahmat is infinite. Now, Allah Ta'ala's Rahmat, the dictates of that was that this Banda must be saved from that which is going to create destruction for him. And this free intermingling, this unrestricted interaction is a source of destruction. When somebody manufactures something and they put some instructions there, that instructions are for the benefit of the user, that to use it accordingly, otherwise it can result in a problem. Now somebody buys a microwave oven, and that microwave oven comes with the instruction manual, and among the instructions will be a very, very important instruction, that don't put any metal in this. Now somebody says, but I bought this with my money, so why must I now start looking at all this instruction manual, and why must I follow what is stated here? I'll do what I want to do with it, it's my money, I bought it, it's mine now. So now he decides to put that metal into that microwave. So he puts that spoon, whatever that metal item is there. And now he operates it. So what is the next thing that happens? That there's a spark that flies. And then that thing is still spinning, that spark suddenly becomes a fire. Then that whole microwave also burns down. And Allah forbid, the whole house is at risk of getting burned down. He insisted on doing what he wanted to do, not to use it as per the instruction manual, which has been provided by the manufacturer. Because the manufacturer knows what are the limitations of this. The manufacturer knows what are the problem factors that can arise out of certain kind of usage. So accordingly, the manufacturer has put the instruction manual. In the manufacturing of dunya and in the inventions of dunya, sometimes even the manufacturer doesn't know some of the problems that can come up. So sometimes they'll manufacture something, send the instruction manual, then sometimes they'll recall it. You know, there was a factory fault here, we didn't realize about this. So insan, after all, whatever his tests and trials and all that too, sometimes he'll have to recall that product. Because he also is limited. Allah Ta'ala is the creator, not manufacturer. Insan had to use the raw materials Allah Ta'ala provided. And with the intelligence Allah Ta'ala gave, he put something together. Allah Ta'ala originated it. And Allah Ta'ala is all-knowing, all-seeing. So Allah Ta'ala created insan. Allah Ta'ala knows what are the limitations of insan that he created. Khuliqal insanu da'ifa. Insan has been created weak. And Allah Ta'ala knows what will cause the sparks to fly. That metal goes in that microwave, the manufacturer says it's going to cause sparks. And carries on staying there too long, it will cause a fire. So Allah Ta'ala also knows that this insan, what will cause the sparks to fly? And what will result in a fire? So Allah Ta'ala has given these ahkam to save his bandhas from that sparks and from that fire. 
But if a person insists that, no, I don't need this. Now the, manif- the, the creator has in the instruction manual given this, this instruction. فَاسْأَلُوهُنَّ مِنْ وَرَاءِ hijab. That you want to ask some need, you do so from behind this curtain. From behind this veil. You maintain that distance. You uphold these laws of hijab. Now he says, but now times have changed, so now I don't need this. And I am not, uh, my, the parda is this. Ustaz Azamar Rahmi Sahib Dhan Barakatuhum He says that there is no need to put the parda in the heart because the heart is already in parda. Nobody's heart can be seen. Allah Ta'ala already put the heart in parda. But the external side of the insan, his face, that face of that woman, her body, that is external, that has to be in parda. What is already in parda, I don't worry about that. That's already there. And that too is just all just excuses of the nafs to try and just wish away the commands of Allah Ta'ala. That yes, no, 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 uh, you can't say now I don't want to observe the law of Parda. Who's going to have that audacity to say it in that way? Now you can't say it in that way because now that will be clear cut. You go to Kufr. If a person is rejecting it in the light of that what has come in the eye of the Quran Sharif, he's saying I don't want this now, that will be Kufr. But if not on that level, but that I am not wanting to practice this, not rejecting the command, not wanting to practice this, that too will be a major sin. So nobody will have that audacity to say it in that way. Illa mashallah, somebody falls to that level too. But now to put it differently, no, no, I'm practicing parda too. It's my heart. So now, like the pseudo peers who used to go and just take people for a ride. So now the whole objective was to just go and fleece people. They had no uh, interest in deen. So when that becomes a situation, then even the person's most basic amal also fall away. But now how the person is going to maintain his so-called position of piety in the eyes of those who is trying to deceive? They said, no, no, we are far beyond this. We can't make our namaz here. We make a namaz in the Haram Sharif. So now this is beyond our dignity to just make namaz here. We make a namaz in the Haram Sharif. So now he can't say, I don't read namaz, I'm excused from namaz. Because he says that, it will give the game away. So now, how to still just keep that pretense up and to appear to be still doing what he's supposed to do. Now, I'm beyond, I'm making my namaz there. So you say, okay, you have your food there also. <laughs> you sit here bodily. If you're not going to give you anything to eat, while you're there, the barakat of the Haram Shari food, why deprive yourself of the after namaz, you just come out and eat the one time. So that time suddenly that not going to be workable. The namaz of Haram Sharif, but the chicken of Ajmer Sharif. <laughs> so, the issue is, these are all the tricks of the nafs. All these are things that just are put forward in a way to try and... Uh, these are just ways to try and wiggle out of the commands of Allah Ta'ala which, what can that ever be possible that a person tries to wiggle it out Allah is all aware, all knowing, all seeing Allah Ta'ala knows what is in the heart of a person Allah Ta'ala's clear cut command there is no way that a person can try and bypass that if a person is not doing something as it should be done he should acknowledge his wrong he should accept this is my weakness this is my wrong Sometimes there is some level of 
parada that is observed and some level that is still lacking. We should we shouldn't make excuses for that. We should accept my my weakness. My my weakness. Here, whatever is happening, shukar, I still need to get this done. Not that, not that this well, this is okay, he's not okay. What is happening? Alhamdulillah, Allah Alhamdulillah, Allah But that should not become a point of contentment that well I'm doing something so it's fine. No, it's not fine till we're doing everything. So we have to keep aspiring, keep making an effort to get there. And the starting point of getting there is acknowledgement. If a person doesn't even acknowledge that what I'm doing, I am doing something wrong, I need to correct myself, I need to get to the point of getting fully on the command of Allah Ta'ala and to also make istighfar of that shortcoming until that is corrected. Sometimes a person is battling, is coming right and falling and going and coming. So constant istighfar. If that istighfar doesn't get made, a person will become lax in it. And he'll take it for granted. He'll become comfortable with it. And if he starts becoming comfortable with it, forget just not moving forward, forget not improving, he'll start retrogressing from there also. And the the wrong of it will start coming out of the heart. Because now he's not even making istighfar on it, so he doesn't even feel anything uh, about it. So now he just knows it in the back of his mind that it's not right. But the the gravity of that has come out of the heart. So the gravity of it has come out of the heart. Then gradually, that will start becoming like a minor. It's a major thing. It start becoming like a minor thing. If it's a minor thing, it'll be, start becoming like nothing. Becoming like nothing. So number one, acknowledgement. To acknowledge, yes, what I'm doing is wrong. Number two, istighfar. Number three, to keep reaffirming the intention that no, I need to get there. And number four, effort to get there also. Not just intention only. <coughs> effort as well. The first step of the effort, dua. And together with dua, <coughs> mashwara. Mashwara. I need to get there. These are the obstacles and hurdles. How do I make it? I'm trying, but I'm getting blocked off here, falling there. How do I get past this? And with the ongoing dua and mashwara, and then trying to navigate past those things, inshallah, Allah will open the door. Allah Ta'ala give us perfect. Thank you.